guessing the dude with the mask and the knife isn't part of our quarantine pod. Today I'm talking about Sick. This is Scott's Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about Sick, which is a slasher that was released exclusively on Peacock, which I think is dumb, which I'll get uh, for reasons I'll get into in my preamble. But I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and I think it's a good example of how to do the genre right. So, without further ado, let's get started. I have trouble understanding why so many studios refuse to give certain movies a shot at the box office. It makes sense that Netflix wants to drive people to the streaming platform, so even their brief theatrical runs for their films in critic-heavy areas like New York and L.A. make sense. Get the hype machine going, movie drops a week later, everyone tunes in to be part of the conversation at the very least. That makes sense. What doesn't make sense is buying up the rights to a low-budget slasher flick just to put out said movie on a streaming service when you own a studio. Which is exactly what Universal did with Sick, a slasher that works infinitely better than you think it would. The movie follows two friends, Parker and Miri, who are traveling to a family lake house to quarantine alone in the midst of the pandemic. But the pair's good times are upended when a masked killer arrives to torment, torture, and eventually kill the two young women. So, Sick is an excellent example of how you can apply genre conventions and tropes and spin them into something memorable with new ideas, starting with camera work. The slasher genre is known for two kinds of shots, shots of the hero or victim running for their life, and the POV shots commonly found in giallo films and stuff like the opening of Halloween. Both are solid ways to build dramatic irony into a scene to ratchet up the already tense situation of a masked figure with a knife being in your home. If you focus on the hero, you can show the audience a figure moving in the background that the hero hasn't tracked yet, which means the closer they get, the more tense the audience gets until they're close enough to strike and the tension explodes with a strike, near miss, or a death. The same is true when you go from the killer's POV, but with a more voyeuristic angle that can make us feel how close and far the victim is from doom. Sick does something I haven't seen in a slasher before. The camera follows the blade. Not all of the time, of course, but when the mask figure arrives and starts swinging, the camera gets up against the blade and follows as it nearly misses or smashes through something like a door. This is something a lot of action directors, notably the Kingsman's Matthew Vaughn, love to do, and it's a perfect fit in the horror genre that's basically built on small-scale chases. It's a great way to make the audience feel the impact of each swing and hit. It makes the danger more immediate. In addition, everyone in this movie is an actual character. Another one of the problems with old-school slashers is that the majority of the characters and victims are types instead of real people. There's a horny guy and girl pairing, usually a jock, and other characters that can be summarized either by a single action they take or their wardrobe. Despite a streamlined runtime, Sick gives each of his characters times to show multiple sides of themselves. For instance, Parker's would-be boyfriend DJ comes across like a dumb party guy who says things like, I think we got something special then that's the kind of character you're okay getting killed off. However, not only is DJ genuinely expressing how he feels, he's also quick to realize that he and the girls are in danger, and acts heroically, either stalling for time or going to get someone who's left behind. Everyone is more complicated than they appear, which means each victory or setback hits harder. We also have a lot of fun with genre tropes. 
One of the hard parts about making a self-aware movie, especially a slasher, is seamlessly merging your commentary or nods to genre foibles without overwhelming the audience with meta-jokes. It's how you can kill investment in the main concept. For instance, Hot Fuzz doesn't work without the genuine connection between Nicholas Pegg's Nicholas Angel and Nick Frost's Danny. If they just made jokes about how dudes in movies always bond in odd couple fashion, that would break the immersion. Sick accomplishes this by making the situations dead serious, pun intended, even if they're familiar genre tropes. Take Cell Phones, the bane of every modern horror movie. One of the first things the killer does is find and take everyone's cell phone, which is a smart thing for a killer to do, and also creeps everyone out because those phones weren't all in a pile by the couch or something. They had them all around <laughs> all around the house and at their person or next to them in the bedrooms. Still a commentary, but still creepy. And the whole movie plays like this. The verdict is that it's slick, sick, fun. With style and scares to spare, slick is a great entry into a frequently uncreative genre. Eight out of 10. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, with the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.